This Monday, February 5th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and make sure you use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, February the 5th, currently 11.08 on the East Coast, here to get into our NBA betting picks for the six-game schedule in the association here tonight. And we'll recap what we saw over the weekend in the NBA as well. But joining me today on this Monday episode, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA, MLB, NFL, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Had a good weekend in tennis, so hopefully that continues. As for basketball, I feel like the story of the past week was I keep hitting the locks and losing the dogs. That seems to be the kind of trend I've been on recently. Better than losing both, I guess. But I had the Trailblazers plus the, I think it was 12 and a half on Friday, and they lost yeah, by 12. So they got the job done. But overall, can't complain. Uh, looking forward to the games today. Yeah, uh, it's, last week was pretty good for me as well. Uh, player props and all that good stuff. So hopefully we can carry that. Into this week uh, for the NBA, I know everybody's going to be counting down for the uh, the big game, the Super Bowl on Sunday. But hey, we still have a lot of NBA action, uh, as we usually do every single week now. Uh, slowly approaching not only the All-Star weekend, Scott, but also getting ever so close to the trade deadline as well. So the rumors are starting to swirl as well. But I think the biggest story from at least um, the weekend is the news of Joel Embiid. Uh, actually having to, or not having to, but opting to um, go with surgery uh, for the uh, meniscus tear in his knee. Uh, He will be sidelined from what I read is about maybe one to two months uh, for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And I did see a report last night that will treat out that the door isn't officially closed is what he's saying for Embiid's return this season. But I think that once we know, the exact timeline and what the state of the Philadelphia 76ers is at that point. Um, I think then they'll entertain if they want to bring him back this season or not. More importantly, I mean, if there's if they just fall off a cliff here without Joel Embiid going forward, um, there's probably going to be no reason for them to bring him back. But being, being the Eastern Conference, I think you always at least have a chance, um, you know, to to sneak in at least into the play in tournament. But I think their roster, if they can play 500 basketball without him. Uh, I think they'll be okay, but uh, yeah. Any anything to add for the Joel Embiid news? No, not really. Probably better in the grand scheme of things for him to sit for a while. Uh, yep. you, I assume they're going to make the playoffs. I'm not really worried about them being into the play-in. I don't see that happening. I don't yeah. think they're that bad with Maxi being back in the lineup. They should be good enough to hold on. Uh, they might finish, you know, as a five or a six. But you get Embiid back, you take your chances. But I feel like you, we can make, we can agree anyway that the entire conversation around Embiid has been focused solely on playoff, I'd say, underachieving. And the fact that he already has an MVP award, it probably is better off in the grand scheme of things to forget about the MVP, focus on trying to win a title, and they'll go from there. 
Are they good enough to win a title? Probably not. Just being honest. But the point is, I do think when it comes down to it, you had two choices. Either force Embiid back early and Mm -hmm. risk him for the rest of the playoffs, potentially, Mm -hmm. or kind of punt on some of this regular season, make sure he's healthy, and take your shot in the playoffs. So they're going to go with option B. It's the right choice. Is it going to matter in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. But I think it makes the most sense. And I think you probably agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Again, you also have to think about the longevity, right, of uh, Joel Embiid. And he's going to be your future, um, the the future of your franchise. And he is the face of your franchise. He's also also there like as the face of the league as well. So, I mean, you got to make sure, especially with needs, right? It can be very tricky. I mean, we've seen guys that have had potentially – I don't want to say Hall of Fame careers, but guys like I think the first name that comes to mind is a guy like Brandon Roy. Obviously, Brandon Roy wasn't at the level of what Joel Embiid is at, but I'm just talking about from an injury perspective, how it can derail your career and possibly end it early for you. So I think I think you're right that, you know, this is the correct move. Get the surgery done. Have him sit for, you know, one, two months. Get it right, uh, because it is about the future. It's about bringing a title to the city of Philadelphia for the Sixers organization as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think like we're both in agreement that it is the right move here. Anything else you noticed over the weekend as far as from games or anything like that? Do you want to get off your chest? Uh, nice job of the Lakers getting the job done against the Knicks. I yeah, know it's a difficult a way. It's a difficult way to evaluate the loss for the Knicks because they're missing so many guys. But I do feel like Thibodeau's stubbornness played a factor in the loss once again mostly based on the lineups he was rolling out in the fourth quarter. Now, I understand with Randall being out, your offense is going to be worse. It is what it is. You're using Preston Achua, who I think has no offensive talent at all, and you have Jericho Sims off the bench who's playing some minutes, and Ananobi's out. I get all that. Yeah. It made no sense to use two big men in the fourth quarter for the entire quarter it, down the stretch. It made no sense. They couldn't score. They didn't score yeah. any points for like six minutes. And you have Achua out there who can't shoot. You have... Hardenstein, who I like in general as a player, but he's not exactly known for being a good offensive player. He's kind of just a dunker and a putback rebound guy. But they're just using a chew out there, doing nothing, because he can't shoot. So it feels like Thibodeau is still afraid to go small in some spots, and I feel like that's going to be concerning for the Knicks in the playoffs, even with Randall coming back. If they're going to double Brunson all the time, which the, Knicks, which the Lakers did in the second half, and you're looking at having to rely on some other complementary options to carry the bulk of the scoring, are they good enough? I don't think so. Now, of course, you're going to be getting Randall back. We know how that goes in the playoffs. I don't think any Mm -hmm. Knicks fans are happy or thrilled to see Randall in the playoffs, and they're going to assume the worst. But my main takeaway from that one game, which was a very solid game, was that Thibodeau and the Knicks still get a bit stagnant offensively, late in games, and I do think when good defenses are going to double Brunson, trap him, and force the ball out of his hands, that seems to be the recipe on how to beat the Knicks. We'll see if that happens in the playoffs or not, but I think we'd agree, even with the current roster, assuming full health, they're probably one piece away, one of the forwards, probably Randall gets shipped out of town. It is what it is. But I do think the Knicks are a very entertaining team. They're fun, but there are some flaws there. So I'm not picking them to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you, right? Again, right now, we, and we've talked about this on the pod as well, that um, especially without your, like you mentioned, without Julius Randle, during the regular season, your second best, best scorer, um, this is where coaches earn their money. This is where Tom Thibodeau and, and those type of coaches have to figure out what rotations work. Because like you mentioned, if you know the Lakers were double teaming 
Jalen Brunson in the second half, you have to figure out how to combat that and how to make your adjustments on who is going to provide that offensive scoring output um, for your team if you're they're going to be doubling your best player and your best score. So it'll be interesting to see. I didn't watch any other game. Unfortunately, I did. I was keeping a, a track of the score um, because I did like the Lakers in the spot, uh, but I didn't wa- actually get to watch it. I'm assuming you did for sure watch the game. I ended up watching the entire second half. I saw bits and yeah. pieces of the first half. Game was close, and then I ended up watching the entire second half. Anthony Davis was great defensively. Offensively, he didn't really do much. He didn't need to. But defensively, he was punting everything at the rim, and that's kind of the problem I have with the Knicks spacing because of the fact that I know it might not be an issue because Randall can actually shoot. I just yeah. don't understand what the point is of using Achua and Hartenstein at the same time if Anthony Davis is preventing you from going to the rim at all in the first place. You have two non-shooters on the court the entire game, and you're going to get killed offensively because you're basically running three on five. And I just feel like Thibodeau, especially in years past, doesn't have the lineup creativity to manufacture yeah. an offense out of nothing. And I feel like he's so focused on prioritizing defense and rebounding that if you're against a solid rim protector and you have to try to find other ways of scoring, he will just stick with the lineup that got him there and he's going to run his head against the wall. And I feel like that's what I've seen from Thibodeau for, I I don't know, his entire career at this point. But I know it was a small issue because the Knicks had so many guys injured and they could have potentially found some alternatives, maybe using a Chua. Uh, on the bench, bringing back Ananobi, for example, in the four spot, I get it. But not using McBride at all in that fourth quarter made no sense. Your team couldn't score. You couldn't mm-hmm. shoot. You needed yeah. more shooters on the court. And it just feels like Thibodeau, we see it time and time again in the playoffs. His offenses get stagnant. He doesn't make enough adjustments. And I'm, a, I'm concerned that's going to be the same issue going to the playoffs. I don't trust his ability to adjust on the fly. It'll be interesting if the Knicks do make a move here at the trade deadline, whether it is, you know, trading Julius Randle and getting more scoring next to Jalen Brunson, because we know the defense is now there for this team. They've built this roster where they you have guys that can rebound the basketball, guys that can play hard-nosed defense. But at the end of the day, you still got to put the ball in the basket. You still got to score points here. So it'll be interesting if the front office actually does make some moves here to adjust or at least uh, help Jalen Brunson in the scoring department, um, not only for the regular season, but also, like you mentioned, when it matters the most in the uh, NBA playoffs, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Nothing else really caught my eye. Um, anything else you want to discuss before we get into the games? Yeah, Bill came back to D.C. He had 40 oh, plus yeah. points, but nobody that, cares. That, that, I tweeted this out. That game has so many different narratives that we could talk about, but yeah, go ahead. So many narratives of the Wizards suck, so I'm not going to read much into it. Good for Beal. He played well. It is what it is. I got to mention the Bucks last night. We got to talk about it. Uh, yeah. They ended up firing Griffin, probably because Giannis didn't like him, and the team seemed to not fully buy into him. They brought in Doc Rivers now. I know that from a player perspective, James Harden, that move looked terrible for the Clippers for about a couple weeks, and now they look unbeatable. So yeah. there can yeah. still be time for this to be fixed. But Doc Rivers, I believe, is what is he one in three now? I think one in two, one in three as the head coach. Yeah, I think the only uh, they were on a back to back, so um, they beat Dallas on Saturday night where they were down by twenty five. They were down twenty five in that game, yeah. In the first quarter, yeah. But I know that fatigue was an issue. You can't get outscored forty to thirteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and expect them to take you seriously. Like that, that can't happen. It's one thing if you're going to get outscored in a back to back late in the game. I get it. 40 to 13 
like I, I can't take you seriously as an actual title contender. I couldn't do it anyway. Doc, I'm never going to take seriously as a title contender no matter what. Yeah. But the point is, I wonder – I'm not saying Griffin was a good coach. I can understand why they got rid of him. I don't understand the Doc Rivers move. I'm not sure if I ever will. But the point is, I have to at least mention Milwaukee because losing 40-13 to 13 is hilarious in a quarter, especially late in the game when you're viewed as being a potential top seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I was way I watched that game last night in the fourth quarter, and they just left. It was like what, like four minutes left. Utah made a they took the lead, and then after that, like the Bucks were just trying to go down, just jack up a whole bunch of three pointers to try to get back. And there was a uh, point where Giannis got the rebound, or well, I think it was like two minutes of some change left. Just dribbled down the court, pulled up for a three pointer. I was like, all right, th- at this point. The Bucks are pretty much just throwing in the towel here. It looked like the Game 7 loss that Philly had against Boston, where everything was fine, and the next thing you know, they get outscored like 30-2 to in the span of, I don't know, like a a couple minutes, and the game's over. It felt like the exact same game script, which is a Doc Rivers issue that we've known from him, is that he tends to fall apart late in games, and it's why his teams always blow 3-2 leads, but or 3-1 leads in some cases. But Yeah. yeah, I had to mention it. Because Milwaukee is still viewed as being a favorite. I have never taken them seriously the entire season. I think defensively they're not good enough. Dame has a monster game and then responds with an absolute dud. So, you know, it kind of comes to the territory. But the point is Milwaukee, it's a roster issue. It's not just coaching. They they blamed Griffin, used him as a scapegoat. And now they have Doc Rivers on a multiple-year contract. Good luck with that. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I was I was I wasn't a, a fan of the hire either. I just it just didn't make sense because there, Doc Rivers has not done anything in his career other than winning that title with the Boston Celtics back in 2008, where he had what three if we can say future Hall of Famers on that roster. So four. I, I don't know. I know he's a great players four, coach. You got, uh, you, got Ron, you got Rondo on there. You got four. Yeah, Rondo as well, right? So I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't get it. But you know, good luck to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, you know, for the rest of the season. Hopefully they can't figure it out because that Eastern Conference, I think, is more wide open than a lot of people think. But um, I think they still have time to figure things out there because, again, it was only the what, fourth game for uh, Doc Rivers. And they were in a back-to-back situation playing in elevation as well. But let, let, we'll see if they can uh, definitely figure it out or not. All right, Scott, uh, before we get into the games here for tonight in the association, the six-game schedule, uh, let me tell everyone about our friends, uh, over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're looking for a super offer uh, for uh, Super Bowl 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Right now, the uh, Chiefs are catching points right now in this game of two points currently over on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I know myself and Scott, we picked the 49ers uh, before the playoffs started to win the Super Bowl this year. I know Terrell is on the Chiefs uh, as well. So we'll see who uh, comes out on top in this game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, cost, or in West Virginia, visit www.com. 
1-800-GAMBLER.NET. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. And we're also brought to you by our friends over on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL. NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football as well. Simply click higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win 100x with some spicy plays. Stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our winner off fantasy entry for the Monday night schedule. So you can watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website at underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code NBASGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code NBASGPN. All right, Scott, we got six games on the schedule here tonight in the association. Uh, Let's dive right into it, my man. Uh, First game on the schedule, we've got the Sacramento Kings. They are in Cleveland here tonight to take on the Cavaliers. Currently, as it stands, the Cavs are a four and a half point favorite with a total of 235. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they are pretty much healthy. The Cleveland Cavaliers, um, questionable tag on Jared Allen for this game, and that is pretty much it. So relatively healthy squads here. We'll keep an eye on Jared Allen in this game. He is officially listed as questionable with a left ankle sprain here. Um, for the Sacramento Kings here, this is, I believe, their seventh uh, road game. Uh, consecutive road game as they're wrapping up a uh, road trip here on the East Coast. Um, Cavs coming off of the win against the San Antonio Spurs on Saturday, and they are now uh, back home, um, like I mentioned, hosting the Sacramento Kings. Scott, let's start with the side here. Four and a half in favor of the Cavaliers. Of course, I'd want to have confirmation if Jared Allen's going to play or not, but I am going to lean to Cleveland anyway. I know the Clippers have been the hottest team in the league, them or the Knicks, but the Cavs have still been flying under the radar. They've been really good for the last yeah. month, basically, especially the last couple of weeks. Sacramento has been up and down like they have been all year long. Uh, but the point is, I do think looking at the actual line, four and a half feels a bit short to me, especially being in Cleveland. I'm going to lean to the Cavs here. Of course, I would rather, you know, want to have confirmation if Jared Allen's going to play or not. But I do think this Cavs team is, a, is uh, in good form, playing good ball. They're at home. Good enough for me. I went to Cleveland. Yeah, I think that uh, definitely the news for Jared Allen will be uh, important, obviously, in this handicap because I think that then Sabonis will definitely be struggling, whether it is Jared Allen guarding him or even Evan Mobley. We did see the return of Evan Mobley for the Cavs as well. He's still going to be on some type of minutes restriction. I think it's around 22 to 24 minutes. So this team, this Cavs team is healthy, right? We also saw Darius Garland return for this team as well. So, and like you mentioned that, because I think it is Cleveland and LeBron-less Cleveland that they're not talked about a lot because, like you mentioned, they have been playing great basketball and they're one of the better defensive teams, if not at least from a rating perspective uh, this season. And especially at home, they've been really good as well. So I like the Cavs here as well, minus four and a half against the Kings. And again, teams 
I mean, this is a the seventh and final um, game of a seven game road trip for the Sacramento Kings. So I'm sure they want to get back home after being uh, you know on the road for this long. And I think they're also in a spot here where this is their fourth game in six nights as well for the Sacramento Kings. So they may have some tired legs in this game here as well. Um, so I'm with you on the Cavs here, minus four and a half total at two thirty five. Here, Scott, any thoughts on that? Well, totals moved up about three points or so, so I guess they're expecting Sacramento's defense take the night off. I'm going to lean to the over on this one. I just see points, and the pace will be there. The Cavs have been scoring well recently, and you're looking at the Kings being a good offensive team that doesn't guard anybody either. So I'm going to lean over here. I think the line movement is definitely understandable, so I'm going to lean to the over in this spot. Yeah, I think I would look at a Cavs team total. Uh, I think I, you know, kind of correlated here that I think that maybe we'll see some tired legs from the Kings uh, in the second half. And I think that if this is a close game, or even if Sacramento is within a basket, or maybe even have the lead at the half, I think that then the Cleveland Cavaliers in the second half can probably pull away. But I think the team total here for me makes a lot of sense for the Cleveland Cavaliers in this spot. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with it that way. Player props, anything you're looking at at least for? Um, the Cavs side or even the Kings? Yeah, I'm looking at Mobley. Uh, I know that his minutes have been kind of on their way up since he was injured and they've been kind of ramping him back up. But he was great in San Antonio over the weekend yeah. at a 28-point double-double, I think. Uh, but you're looking at any prop of his, and it's extremely low based on his minutes or lack of certainty involving his minutes. But now Jared Allen's questionable. So mm. we'll see what happens when it comes to if Mobley gets added playing time because one he just had a monster game in 24 minutes against the Spurs, and B, they might be missing Jared Allen. So I like Mobley props. Uh, PRA is at 22 and a half. I think that's too low. I think he can get a double-double. 15 and 10 gets there anyway, or maybe even throws in a couple of assists. I think he had three against the Spurs, but the total's been bet up. Cavs seem to be playing good basketball. Mobley seems to be healthy. 22 and a half PRA feels pretty low to me. I'll go with the over. Assuming he plays even 28 minutes. I still like his chances. So I'll lean to the over in that spot. Jared Allen and both Evan Mobley were just absolute monsters in that game against uh, the Spurs. I think they combined for what? 54 points and 26 rebounds uh, yeah. did those two. So uh, absolute domination for uh, those two guys. But yeah, I like the Evan Mobley look here as well. These minutes seem to be ramping up. He's been around, 30, 30 to 30. I mean, he played 36 minutes in each of the games against the Clippers and then the Milwaukee Bucks played 30 against the Pistons, uh, 21 against the uh, Grizzlies and then 31 against the San Antonio Spurs. So I do like the yeah, here for Evan Mobley. Um, I'm curious to see what Darius Garland's assist number is at because that was something that I was catching on early uh, during the regular season. Um guessing it's probably gonna be five and a half let me see if i can find the exact number here four and a half at minus 160 yeah pretty much five and a half um i would look at at that maybe for darius garland other than that i don't think i liked anything else did you have anything for the king side that you want to look at for player props i saw somebody mentioning sabonis under for his assists because the Cavs are very good at preventing assists I don't know if I necessarily mind that uh, i think that sabonis is gonna have a tough matchup anyway but i do want to find out if jared allen's gonna play or not I thought about maybe taking like a Sabonis PA under because I'm not sure if he's going to score much either. He's not exactly yeah. a great jump shooter. Allen's a great rim protector, and so is Mobley. So I think if you want to ignore the rebounding for Sabonis, I can get that. I don't mind PA under for Sabonis because I do think that offensively, isn't Cleveland going to be a bad matchup for him? 
because he doesn't exactly stretch the floor that much. Yeah, so last three games against the Cavs, I'll quickly read this off. 21 points, 18 points, 23 points, and then five rebounds, 18 rebounds, nine rebounds in those games. So what about um, uh, yeah, assist he's had. Give me a second here. Um, last three games, six, six, and ten. Okay, so I got to see what the PA line is for Sabonis. So his, his last game, he had a near triple-double um, against the Cavs at home. 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 10 assists. But that may have been an outlier because, I mean, if you go to his previous games, even if you want to go all the way back to his days with the Pacers, um, I mean, there's a couple games in there where he was really good. But other than that, he's kind of been subpar. And again, if both, like we mentioned, that if Allen and uh, we know Mobley is in for sure, but if Allen plays as well, I just think that he's going to struggle scoring or even rebounding the basketball here tonight. Yeah, looking at Sabonis' PA, it's at 26.5, which I think is a little bit high. So I'll lean under there. I don't mind the under for assists, though, as Matthew mentioned, at plus 120. You're yeah. not going to get any argument from me. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else for this game, Scott? No, not really. All right, before we get over to the next game of the schedule here, let me tell everyone about the newest sponsor over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's going to be Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. And it's tons of fun. Uh, and they have a ton of uh, tons of fun social features that give it a feel of a betting social network. Cut even offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds, so you can create your own bets. Cut even handles the payment side of things, so you never have to chase anyone down for money. They have some great social features, like I mentioned, like group chats, betting leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and much more. Plus, they also have a reward system. Get cash back every single time you bet against your friends or other users. Cut also allows you to list almost any kind of bet. Perfect for getting action on those fun Super Bowl prop bets as well. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time uh, takes the stress away from having to buy tickets to any type of event. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. I love using their app. I've used it personally. They have some great flash deals, and last-minute tickets are all uh, usually always available. And it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Um, and... The best part I love is that you actually get images of your seat view before you actually buy the ticket so you know exactly what to expect uh, when you arrive to that specific venue. Their lowest price guarantee, they have event cancellation protection as well. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Like I mentioned, you can get flash deals on tickets for uh, football, basketball, baseball, but also for concerts, comedy shows, and theater, and much more near you. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set to go. And the tickets are served directly to your phone. 
So you never have to dig through your email or wait for them in the mailbox. Nope, they are sent directly to your phone. So all you got to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Lowest, uh, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game on the schedule here tonight. Um, the team we had talked about at the beginning of the episode, the LA Lakers. They are also wrapping up a road trip here in Charlotte here tonight to take on the Hornets. Currently, as it stands, the Lakers are a 11.5 point road favorite here with a total of 227.5. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, start here with the Lakers. As usual, the usual suspects are on that injury report with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt are both out for this game here as well. Charlotte has not yet submitted their injury report yet because they do get that extra time uh, because they did play yesterday, I believe, which was against the uh, Pacers. They lost that game on their home court. 115-99 Pacers were a, I believe, a 11 and a half, 12 point favorite in that game, but they took care of business. The Hornets have now lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games. Uh, they are 0-7 straight up, 0-7 against the spread. And now you have the Lakers coming in. We're coming off of two impressive victories here, Scott. We saw what they did against Boston without LeBron and AD. And we saw what they did, like we talked about, against the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Now they're looking to wrap up this uh, road trip in Charlotte here tonight. What are you thinking about the spread? Um, I, I feel like it's a tricky spot because the Lakers, we know, are tend to be good against good teams and they tend to underachieve against bad teams when it comes to covering big spreads. Having said that, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, I said that Charlotte was the worst team in the league. I called them quitters, and I said that they have quit on the entire season. No matter what Steve Clifford says, they've quit on them. It just is what it is. You can read the body language. You can tell that even though Lamelo's still out and the talent is not there, trading away Rozier was symbolic that the team was ready to tank, and I'm going to link to the Lakers. Uh, you mentioned the numbers for Charlotte, 0-7 straight up and ATS. They're even worse than that if you actually watch them play. I'm going to lean to the Lakers here. They should have no answers for Anthony Davis. LeBron should whatever he wants. And defensively, this Lakers team, when they buy in, is still a really good unit. The Hornets are a bad basketball team. I think they're actually the worst team in the league. So I'm going to yeah. lean to the Lakers minus the 11 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to wrap up this road trip on a winning note, right? Because we remember it started uh, in Golden State. I know it's still on the West Coast in California. And then they took those back-to-back losses, which were tough scheduling spots uh, for the Lakers. But they had a couple of days in between uh, where they had an off uh, a day off in between the game against the Hawks and the Celtics and then against the Celtics and the Knicks. So um, another day off now in between the, the game between the Knicks on Saturday night and now here Monday night against the Charlotte Hornets. But, I mean, Scott, you mentioned this team. The Charlotte Hornets team is just absolutely abysmal. Um, and I think that's also putting it lightly. So I think the Lakers probably want to end this on a finish his road trip, at least going, you know, uh, having a winning record on the on the road here. Because if they do get this victory here today, and if they're more importantly able to cover the spread, they'll end up going four and two on the road trip. And not really a much of a look ahead spot because they have two days off. Uh, they don't play until Thursday. At back at home against the Denver Nuggets. Um, so I don't think that's much of a look at spot because it's still, you know, three days away for that game. So I do expect Anthony Davis uh, and LeBron to play in this game because they do have two full days off, uh, getting back home, taking care of business, where they got to do for their personal things, and then getting re- ready for that game against the uh, uh, the Denver Nuggets on Thursday. So 
Um, I like the Lakers here minus 11 and a half. I'm with you as there as well. Uh, total. What are you thinking about the total here? I think I might actually lean to the under because I'm not sure if the Hornets can score in this game. Yeah. The Lakers defensively, if they look like they did, I know LeBron and AD sat against the Celtics defensively. They were good in that game and they were really good against the Knicks. You can go through the point totals for Charlotte recently. This team can't score. So I'm going to lean under. I do think that this game will be pretty ugly to watch for a decent portion of it, but I'm going to lean under. I think this total is too high when one of these teams, I'm not sure, is even going to get to 105. So I'm going to lean to the under. Give me the Lakers to win this game, like 116, 100, give or take. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, I think the Lakers team total uh, over would be the way I would look at for the total. Uh, I mean, you mentioned, right, this Hornets team, especially without LaMelo Ball, who's, you know, dealing with an ankle injury, quote-unquote, quote-unquote tanking maybe as well. But, I mean, they just haven't been able to put up the points, right? They put up up 99 against the Pacers uh, last night on Sunday, 106 against the Thunder. They did get 110 against the Bulls, but then 92 against the Knicks. We're one of the better defensive teams as well. And you mentioned it, right? Um, The Lakers, when they buy in, they want to play defense. They can, you know, shut anybody down. But I think the Lakers should have a lot of success in this game uh offensively as well so i look at a lakers team total. i think it was at 120 uh uh for this game i could see a world where they put up 125 points and the hornets maybe scratch 100 in this game just barely getting under this total Uh, i think lakers team total is my favorite play in this game here um player props here scott what are you looking at if anything it's tricky because I'm not sure how long the starters are going to play. If we think the yeah. Lakers absolutely kill them, I'm not sure how many minutes. A part of me thinks LeBron might put up a triple-double, but we'll see what happens tonight. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of what else I'm really tempted by. Anthony Davis is going to probably have a big offensive game because I don't think anybody on the Hornets can guard him. But once again, minutes might be an issue. So I don't mind 80 blocks if you want to go for a defensive angle there. Maybe you want to take D'Lo. You think he has a decent game. Maybe Reeves keeps it going. I'm not sure who's blowout proof on this team, though. That's kind of the problem I run into. So I don't have many props for this game, but I am tempted by maybe LeBron triple-double in this spot and maybe 80 blocks. But it's mostly just going to be, I think, the Lakers win this game comfortably. So I I feel like it's a pretty difficult spot guessing how many minutes every starter is going to play in this game. Yeah, um, these two teams matched up in L.A., uh, back on when was this december 28th uh and the lakers won in la 133 112 and that was a game where um anthony davis had 26 points eight rebounds lebron had 11 dimes in that game as well um but i mean i think you're 100 correct when you say that if it turns into another game where they're up by 20 plus points in that fourth quarter and you know we know that if you're betting on starter props, that's where in blowouts props go to die. So I like the LeBron angle. Maybe look at his rebounds and assists to go over in this game. Um, but other than that, again, I'll wait for confirmation. I was tempted by 80 rebounds, but again, if again, if it is a blowout, then you know he's probably going to get hooked or he's going to fall a couple of re- uh, rebounds short of getting to that number. But right now it is at 12 and a half, Scott. Um, just the last five games against this Hornets team, 14 rebounds, 19, 14, 12. Um, and then he had eight in the re- uh, in the matchup earlier in L.A. So um, I'll probably be staying away from props in this game. If anything, maybe a rebounds and assists like you mentioned for LeBron in this game, I think I would be tempted by. 
Uh, anything else for this game? No, I mentioned Hornets team total under, but that's basically it. All right. Uh, let's get <clears throat> over to the next game on the schedule here. We got the Dallas Mavericks. They are in the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers are currently catching one and a half points in this game. The uh, Dallas Mavericks are a road favorite here <clears throat> of one and a half total sitting at 243 in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. We'll start here with the road team. Um, so the two stars of this, uh, of this Dallas Mavericks team, Luca is officially questionable for this game. He is dealing with an ankle injury, and Kyrie Irving is probable for this game, so do expect him to be out there. He was dealing with that right thumb sprain. Uh, Maxi Kleber is questionable for this game. He is dealing with a right small toe dislocation. Derek Lively has been ruled out for this game here as well. For the Philadelphia 76ers, Nick, uh, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, obviously we know Joel Embiid is going to be out for this game. Uh, Tobias Harris is uh, questionable for this game. He is dealing with an illness. And also DeAnthony Milton will be out for this game here as well. Uh, Sixers are coming off of taking that horrific, I don't want to say horrific loss, um, against the Brooklyn Nets. But that was a game where the Sixers were coming off of that uh, road trip, I believe. And also for the Dallas Mavericks, they, uh, like we talked about, they lost to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday night on their home floor, but now traveling to Philly here. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus one and a half in favor of the Mavericks. What are your thoughts on the side? I feel like people are going to blindly take Dallas because without Embiid, you're just assuming that Luka and Kyrie and company are going to have too much firepower. I'm going to lean to Philly in the spot. I think it's a good get-right spot. Dallas is a team that I can't trust whether they're winning or losing because they blow every lead that they have, so I can't trust them to actually maintain focus for an entire four quarters. That Milwaukee game was embarrassing. They were up 25 immediately. They led by 22 in the first quarter. And then they just got, they lost by double digits. There was a 30, like seven point turnaround for Milwaukee. And we saw it a week or two ago against Phoenix. The same, the same exact thing happened. This team fell apart with a big lead. So I can't trust this Dallas team. Now, I think Maxie's going to have a big game because I don't think anybody on Dallas can guard anybody. So I think Maxie might carry the offensive load for Philly, but I do think for this matchup with a total this high, I think everyone's going to blindly take Dallas because of the talent disparity, and I think it might be a bit of a trap line. I'm going to lean to Philly. I just think that this team is tougher mentally than this Dallas team, and I think that's good enough for me. The line feels short, a bit too short for a reason. I think it's a bit of an overreaction to one bad game against the Nets. Give me the Sixers at home on the money line. Yeah, I think that if Luca obviously ends up playing this game, this line, what maybe moves to three, three and a half, maybe more. Do you think do you it's already a little me, though, baked in? About, uh, about the Mavericks, or do you think I'm being too harsh? Because they, it feels like they blow every lead, and every game is close when it shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. I, I was on, I, I did a VEASAN spot on Saturday, and I took the Bucks uh, on the spread. I think at that point it was minus four and a half. And I looked at the first quarter score. I was like, oh, shit. But then I was like, it's Dallas. They're going to give up points, especially to a Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Bucks team yeah. that can rebound the basketball while you're dealing with Giannis and Dame and all those guys. Fortunately, I mean, they, and like you mentioned, they ended up winning by double digits in that game. But that Dallas has, I mean, to, they've been the worst defensive team over the last five games and hasn't even been close how bad this defense has been. And, um, 
I think that again, I think Maxie's gonna have a huge game here tonight. If you want, I mean, obviously that number is probably gonna be at 32 and a half. We'll talk about player props in this game here for a second, but I, I think you nailed it that everybody's gonna look at this line and say, Hey, Joel Embiid is done for at least a couple months here. Um it's 29 and a half on Maxie, by the way. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then your Dallas team, okay, you're getting Kyrie back, you know, Luca maybe playing this game, and I'll pretty much almost had a pick them here. I think I like the Sixers in the spot. I'm with you, man. They've they've been really good at home. I know that's been a lot of games with Joel Embiid in the lineup, but I, I think this is a good spot. Like, like you mentioned, Max is going to get his. You should get contributions from the from the role players. I think we've talked about this when we talked about the playoffs last year. Is that anytime a superstar player is out, especially being at home, those role players you know rise to the occasion and try to you know fill in the void that that superstar player is leaving. So. And you mentioned, I think we talked about player props last week, and Pat Bev was actually playing pretty good basketball for the Sixers team. Um, so I think the role players will rise in this game. It'll be led by Tyrese Maxey. Hopefully we do get Tobias Harris in this game, but obviously that only helps with the rebounding and some scoring for uh, Maxey as well. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm going to take the Sixers here at home here, uh, catching the points here. So um, yeah, uh, six for me total in this game here, Scott, was at... I want to say it was at 242 last night. That's up to 243. So some money coming in on uh, the over here. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think that Dallas can guard anybody. And the stats back that up. So I'm going to take the over. Yeah. Um, Like I mentioned, that Dallas team has not been playing a lick of defense. But also, uh, Philly hasn't been either. These are the two worst defensive rated teams over the last five games. Um, so I expect to see pace in this game. Dallas is also playing with a lot of pace here as well. They're actually number uh, eight over the last five games as far as pace. Philly has slowed down a little bit without Joel Embiid, shockingly, but I think that you know we'll see some up and down this game. Defense will definitely be questionable, so I, I'm with you on the over uh, in this game here as well. All right, player props, Scott, what are you looking at? Well, Maxi, uh, you mentioned the points before. You thought it was going to be a 32 and a half. Uh, I hope he scores 32. That's over. Th- that's over 29 and a half. That's good enough for me. I'll into the over on Maxi. I don't think that Dallas can guard him, and I think that he should have a big game if I am picking Philly to win. I think a part of me might be tempted by Paul Reed rebounds, but the problem is he barely played against the Nets. Might have just been a bad matchup for him. You know, Claxton had a great game, and the Nets had uh, Ben Simmons, who played well. But I do have questions about both teams rebounding-wise without him beating the lineup for Philly and Dallas in general. So I do think that Reed can have a good game rebounding. I don't mind looking at maybe Tobias Harris rebounds if he does end up playing in the spot. But Ubre, I see it mentioned by Adam, he can't hit a three-pointer to save his life right now. But I like the matchup. Like That's kind of the problem, is that I think that he's got a good matchup, but I recognize how bad the shooting numbers have been. So I'm kind of on the fence with him. But I think it's mostly picking whichever guy you want that you think he can contribute offensively, because I don't see either team getting any stops in this game. If Luka plays, he might go for 40. Wouldn't shock me. Maybe a Luka triple-double. We'll see what happens, but I see a lot of guys with a lot of stat lines. A lot of good stat lines, so you can kind of pick whoever you want. Yeah, again, I think this is going to be a game uh, where you don't probably want to take unders. Yeah. Um, So... I think, yeah, Maxi has a big game. I know it's at 29 and a half, but I, I, can, I definitely do see him seeing getting 30-plus points here tonight. Um, you mentioned if Luka does play, he should have a big game. Kyrie should get his as well. Um, yeah, you mentioned about like Kelly or yeah, uh, 
Kelly Oubre. I think this like this might be the game where he actually does break out of that slump uh, for the Sixers, and they're going to need it too as well. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on the maxi. I'm definitely going to bet the maxi over 29 and a half. Um, I'm trying to figure out who's going to rebuild. Do we look at Paul Reed rebounds in this game here, Scott? Because I like taking centers against the Mavericks. I mean, I mentioned Paul Reed, but he was really yeah. bad against the Nets the last game, but it's a good matchup. So yeah. I'm not going to go against it. It might be a good buy low spot. So we'll see what happens. But we know Dallas can't rebound. So yeah, I'm, uh, I was looking at the props and they just got pulled um, for this Dallas Mavericks game. Let's see if we got some news here quickly uh, for this game. No, nothing. Uh, nothing I see official here. All right. Yeah, so those are what I'm looking at, Maxi and Paul Reed. So I'm with you on that. Anything else for this game? Uh, no, that's basically it. All right, before we get over to the final three games of the schedule here on Monday night, let me tell everyone about our friends over at Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer better with historical st- stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tools to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, three games left on the schedule here for tonight. The next one on the board, let's go over to the Golden State Warriors. They are headed to play your team, the Brooklyn Nets. Nets currently sitting as a one and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 237 and a half. Now it's up to 238 and a half. Let me quickly uh, adjust this banner here. Some money coming in on the over in this game. Take a look at the injury report, Scott. Uh, Let's start here with the Golden State Warriors. For the Warriors, we know Chris Paul, Gary Payne II are out for this game. Andrew Wiggins is doubtful. He is dealing with left ankle soreness. And Dario Sarge is also probable for this game. He's dealing with an illness. For the Brooklyn Nets, uh, DFS is going to be out for this game with a left ankle sprain. Uh, Dayron Sharp is also out. Ben Simmons is going to be out for this game as well. And Dennis Smith uh, Jr. is probable for this game. So DFS, uh, Dayron Sharp, and Ben Simmons all out. And Dennis Smith Jr. probable for this game against the Brooklyn, uh, sorry, against the Golden State Warriors. Scott, let's start with the side here. Nets are a one and a half point home favorite here. Are you going to the game? I'm not going to the game. Oh, uh, I am not, unfortunately. Uh, I saw Curry play one time in my life. It was about, I don't even know, eight years ago, and he was terrible. Uh, I don't remember which game it was, but I think he had like 14 <laughs> points. I picked the wrong game uh, to see Curry play. That was during like his MVP run. Like I saw him play like the worst game that he played the entire season when I was there uh, in the Staples Center at the time. But I, I, I don't know. I could take the Nets. I mean, Ben Simmons is not playing. I was supposed to take the Nets, but yeah, it's a low number. Ah, the Warriors got 60 from Curry and they still lost against Atlanta. So even when Curry plays great, they don't always win games anyway. I think I'm going to lean Golden State in this spot because I just don't trust the Nets offensively enough. This team has been playing better recently. I will admit that. But I just think that Golden State has a bit too much shooting for the Nets to match. The Nets still take a lot of threes. They're not very good at it, but they take a lot of three-pointers. 
I just think the spacing for Golden State is going to give the Nets a lot of problems, and I do think that as long as Clay isn't totally atrocious, they should win this game. Big if, because Clay's terrible. But as long as he's not atrocious, they should do fine. I'm going to lean to the Warriors in this spot. The Nets being favorites, I'm not really a fan of at this point in time. It's going to be a close game. I think that this is a pretty interesting spot where I think it's a good buy low spot for Philly, but it's a pretty good sell high spot for the Nets who played basically a perfect game against Philly. I think that it's a good spot to lean to the Warriors. People are going to immediately assume Golden State is worth automatically fading after one game against Atlanta. They were on a back-to-back for that game, by the way. Yeah, I was I'm, not gonna fully over, I'm not going to fully overreact to it. I don't have a great opinion on this game, but I'm going to lean to the Warriors. Yeah, I like the Warriors in the spot. Um, they are 12-8 and against the spread on the road this season. Uh, just 8-12 and straight up as well. But again, we talked a lot about last season, how bad this team was on the road and straight up and against the spread as well. It seems like they fixed a little bit of their uh, road woes from last season, at least till this point. And I think that Steve Kerr has his hand has finally, or he's his his um he's finally had to force his hand with, or the injuries have forced his hand to play his younger guys. And I think Jonathan Kaminga has been at that forefront where he's been inserted into the starting lineup uh, for this Golden State Warriors team, and he's been playing some really good basketball. And like you mentioned, right, that sixty point performance, sixty is a really bad number this year in the NBA because if I, Scott, if we go back and see how many players scored 60-plus points this season, um, between Are 60 you, and 69, I think all those teams yeah. have lost when that player has scored 60 points. So, uh, well, the most maybe recent that, three ended up losing because Booker, you had Towns, Cat. and you had Curry, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Um, uh, but all joking aside, I think that I, I do like the Warriors here as well. Um, I'm not sure if this is their last game of a road. No, they still, they're still they're a midst of a long road trip here. So, um, so they we like we mentioned they started against the Grizzlies uh, back on Friday, and then they went to Atlanta. Now they've had a day off in between games against. Now they go to Brooklyn. And then they'll go to Philly on Wednesday. But I think there's a good spot here for the Warriors. I do like the Warriors here. I'll take the uh, plus one and a half, play them on the money line here as well, obviously. Total sitting at 238 and a half here, Scott. Uh, we're seeing some money coming in on the over. What are your thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean under in this spot. This one just feels too high to me. Uh, you can argue that the Nets scored a bunch of points against Philly. Once again, they shot very well. Uh, that's not going to happen that often. Golden State has one guy that you basically really like in Curry. Even he can be streaky at times, and Kaminga's been very solid recently. But with Clay playing that many minutes and taking that many shots, I can't take it over. I'm going to lean to the under. Uh, I think it, that this total's too high. Give me a game that lands somewhere in the high 220s, low 230s. 38 and a half, though, that's, that's a lot. I'll lean to the under in this game. Yeah, um, I really didn't have an opinion on the total here. Um, I mean, you're—I know you're the Brooklyn fan. How's their defense been recently? I mean, their defense has been better, but Simmons playing has helped because he's a good defensive player. But yeah, uh, you're looking at uh, Dennis Smith Jr. coming back, who is a good defensive player, so he might be able to make life a bit more difficult. Of four opposing guards than the other alternatives, but the Nets aren't a great defensive team. They're fine. They play relatively slow, and I just think you're going to see a bit of an ugly shooting game 
So I'll lean under. But All it's right. the NBA, so taking under is dangerous true. no matter what game you're taking. Yeah, 100%. Uh, uh, yeah, no opinion for me. I'll lean towards the over with that money coming in, but I, I don't I don't love it in the spot here. Uh, player props, what are you looking at? Uh, I just want to know how much money Clay's going to get paid in China next year. So, oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's um, a lot of money. It's just going to be interesting to see if – I mean, if a trade comes along, I, I I've even talked to some – yeah, I mean, I've even talked to some Warriors fans. Like, they're done with Clay. Like, they want to ship be. him out. Yeah. I've been done with him for three years. I've been on this show for two, three years talking about <laughs> I was washed. Like, I was trying to warn everybody, but nobody listened. I mean, Golden State stayed loyal, and then Clay goes out there, and he, what was he again? Four of 19 over the week? It was something terrible. I don't even know. Is this a contract year for him? I, I, I think so. It, okay. it might be. Uh, he might have one other year after. I don't even know anymore. But Golly. yeah, Clay's been cooked for a long time. Remember when uh, Kerr earlier this season said that he was going to? He had a conversation with Clay, and then Clay had a press conference saying that I've reevaluated like my stance on. The, and then he goes back to being terrible again. That lasted for about a week. Yeah, it's not really yeah. a player problem. It's more of a rant. But damn, man, Clay's terrible. <laughs> He's so bad, man. He's so the last bad. two games combined, 10 of 34 from the floor, four of 22 from the three point line. And we've seen this movie before. And then there was like a stretch where he had like five games where he's shooting the ball like he was old clay. And then he just kind of fell right back down to earth. Where... That was all against the Rockets. That doesn't count. No, but <laughs> maybe we a, should trade for him. He has a couple of games where he's just fine, but the, even when yeah. he has good games, we know what he is. He's going to stand there and take a lot of contested jumpers, and he can't guard anybody. Yeah. So you're talking about who might want him. I have no idea, especially if he thinks he's worth X amount of money and he's worth half that. Like I don't know yeah. how many rumors are true based on Clay's asking price and what he thinks because. I don't really believe everything I read on NBA Twitter. I think most of it's yeah. nonsense. But the point is, Clay, you can make an argument if he's not one to take a salary cut, he might be out of the league. Like that's how bad he's been. So we'll see. But yeah, go back to player props. I like Kaminga as a segue because somebody's gonna have to score on this team, and Kaminga actually goes to the rim. But Clay, he can do well, but I'll lean unders. The only problem with that is he takes so many shots. So that's why it gets scary because the volume's there. But yeah, I, I just don't think that he's a good player. And I've gone on record saying that for a couple years. So there you go. Um yeah. I uh, think yeah. Okay. I didn't have many I I mean the only one I look at is Steph Curry. Like that's like the only guy I trust. But I mentioned Jonathan Kaminga for his I like his uh, rebounds in this game. The Nets are not yeah. a good rebounding team. So yeah, he's done pretty well um, over his last five games. He's averaging 24.8 points, 5.8 rebounds. Um, there was a stretch where he had f- four of the last five games. He scored at least 22 or more points. The last game um, only got up 12 shots, but did still finish the game with 16 points. Um, so I don't mind his PR points and rebounds combined in this game. Trying to see what that number is here for. Kaminga, uh, let's see here, 25 and a half. So I think I can get behind that, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, if you want to pivot away from Steph Curry. But any other player props you like? No, not really. I think Clay's statue is going to look really nice next to Marbury's. <laughs> I'll end it on that note. All right. Um, oh, yeah. So the, uh, the reason that those um, Dallas Mavericks props got pulled, so Kyrie officially 
is uh, playing tonight. And then uh, Luca did participate in shoot around here uh, this morning for the Dallas Mavericks. So I, typically- to play. I got the technical fouls. I need him to play. <laughs> I saw you tweet that out the other day. Yeah. Um, so the line is now up to two. I think that number was kind of baked in with uh, if uh, Luca was going to play here tonight or not. So it seems like he is trending towards playing against the Sixers here tonight. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, no, not really. Once again, I'm not going to be there, but it should be a competitive game. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch it or not, but we'll see what happens. You should go over there and, and uh, agonize Clay Thompson how bad he's been. I think that would just – this seems uh, pretty fitting for you. Uh, no, I don't know if I need to, because honestly, <laughs> fading Clay for the last couple of years has done me a solid. And to be fair to the Warriors, I did make a couple thousand on them winning the title. And Clay did have a couple of pretty big shots in, not in the finals. He was terrible in the finals, but he had a couple of big shots against the Grizzlies. So I give him a pass for that. But after he won me an outright with the Warriors, he became one of the worst players in the entire league. So at least he recognized when he needed to stop trying. So yeah, see, I can't go and watch Clay because Clay then I will just go out that night and put out a forty piece if I go uh, try to go out and watch him play against my Rockets. Only wear your Rockets jersey. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Scott. uh, Two more games here. Let's get over to uh, one of the more, I guess, fun matchups here for tonight. The LA Clippers, one of the hottest teams in the association right now. They are on a back-to-back situation. They are in Atlanta here tonight to take on the Hawks. Currently, the Clippers are a three-point favorite in this game. With a total of 242 in this game, looking at the injury report, um, like I mentioned, the Clippers did play yesterday, so they do get that extra time to submit that injury report. Uh, But Paul George did say after the game that he does expect to play in this game. We'll see if Kawhi Leonard plays in this game or not. Um, For the Atlanta Hawks, a lot of questionable tags here, so I'll just read out the questionable guys. Sadiq Bey, DeAndre Hunter, um, and actually those are the two main guys. The rest of the guys are on G League assignments and of sorts. And the one player that is going to be out and missing, I think, seven to 10 days is what I saw. Their starting center, Clint Capella. Uh, he's going to be out with a left abductor strain. So no Capella here tonight for the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Clippers minus three in Atlanta tonight against the Hawks. What are you thinking? I think this game's trickier than people want to make it out to be because the yeah. Clippers and the Hawks have been really good recently. The Hawks mm-hmm. have been some good competition. The Golden State game, they were a bit fortunate, if we're being honest, but they still got the job done there. Ended up having a miraculous cover in overtime. You had the game against the... Drawing a blank on... It was the Suns, and they scored a bunch of points, and Trey was great, and they won that one. The Clippers, Mm -hmm. though, have been so damn good uh, that I have a hard time going against them. I'm going to link to the Clippers. I don't think it's going to be that easy. I have to at least point out the Hawks have played better recently, but Capella being out is a big deal. Uh, especially with the fact that is Zubac officially back or he's short, he's closely uh, close to returning. I don't remember. Um, let me see the last. I heard rumors he that Zubac was close. I don't remember if he was actually coming back or not for this game. He did play Sunday against the, uh, or he did play yesterday against the uh, the Heat. He played 18 minutes in that game. So I'm assuming he's going to end up playing 20 and change. So the Clippers should dominate on the boards in this game with no mm-hmm. Capella. So yeah. I'm going to link to the Clippers in the spot. I think the rebounding disparity is going to be pretty apparent in this game. And the Clippers have Harden was terrible on Friday against the Pistons. And they won the game anyway because Westbrook mm-hmm. was solid. Paul George was good. Kwai's Kwai. So they have the best player on the floor anyway. I'm going to link to the Clippers. Capello's a guy that I've given a hard time to this season because I don't think he's that great anymore. 
But on this team, he's invaluable because they can't rebound the ball when he's not in the game. And Okunkwu is good, but he's undersized. So I think that they're going to struggle on the boards here. I'm going to take the Clippers. Yeah, uh, I feel like this this might be the fishy line of the day. Um, I the, the fishy line was the Philly game, but... Yeah, that too. Um, so the Clippers on back-to-back situations this season, they are four and three straight up, four and three against the spread, uh, four and three towards the over. Um, they've won each of their last two back-to-back uh, back-to-back games, which was against the Phoenix Suns, 138-111 at home, and then on the road uh, when they went into Boston and got the victory there, 115-96. Um, yeah, I think... I'll I'll lean with the Clippers here as well. Like you mentioned, they're just playing outstanding basketball. Everybody is healthy for this team. Um, it is a bit tricky because I'm not sure if Kawhi will play in this game or not. Um, are you surprised of how healthy this team has been for the Clippers? Because we're traditionally just seeing Paul George and just Kawhi Leonard at this point of the season, either one or two guys just missing extended amount of time. Well, George has missed a couple games here and there. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi's barely missed any games, which is kind of the shock, but I don't know how much of that's based on the 65-game rule. I don't think any of it is. I just think that they decided, after years of load management that never worked, they decided to switch it up, and they're just going to see if playing him constantly is going to keep him healthy. We'll see. I am surprised, but I'm happy about it. I like watching Kwai play basketball, so I'm not going to complain about him staying healthy. There's still about half a regular season left to go and the playoffs, so I'm not going to try to jinx anything. And we'll see if he can stay healthy, but I'm happy about it. Yeah, I think if you're uh, the few Clippers fans that are out there, uh, not that I know of anyone personally, but um, it should be a breath of fresh air how good this team has been, especially, you know, we talked about the James Harden trade that we thought wasn't going to work. At least I thought it wasn't going to work. It out, looked but, really bad early on. Let's put it that yeah. way. And I think we got to give some type of credit to Ty Lue, uh, yeah. and how they've been able to figure it out. But yeah, uh, back to the game here. I'll leave with the Clipper, Clippers here as well. Uh, total is sitting at 242. Scott, any thoughts on that? Uh, over. We have Atlanta playing. They've been winning games by still not guarding anybody. They're just outscoring opponents. And with Capella being out, their rim protection should be abysmal. So I'll go with the over in this game. I'll take points. All right. Um, yeah, I'll lean with the over here as well. I think that, again, that, uh, Atlanta hasn't really been playing a whole lot of defense, and they are one of the more faster-paced teams in the association. Actually, over the last five games, they're number one. As far as pace goes, offensive efficiency, they're number one as well. And their defensive rating is the sixth worst over the last uh, five games as well. And again, this team, when we talk about them being at home, the Hawks are one of the better teams towards the over. Um, trying to pull up the, that trend here in a second. They are 16-9 and nine towards the over. Uh, in their home games this season are the Atlanta Hawks. So um, lean towards the over. And like you mentioned, the Hawks have been playing some great basketball as well. They've won three in a row. They've covered four straight at home as well. So um, yeah, I do like uh, seeing points in this game here as well, especially early on in this game between the Hawks and the Clippers, at least the first half over. I do like as well. Player props here. Anything for the Atlanta side here, Scott, uh, or even Clippers. I know we're still waiting on injury news, but any player props? Uh I mean, I think Trey's gonna have the ball in his hands the entire game. So I don't I still don't mind the assists on Trey blindly because mm-hmm. I am expecting the Hawks to score. I just think the Clippers will score more. So I'm gonna lean to the over for Trey assists. He's been dominating that number recently. 
Uh, for the Clippers, you can go with a couple of options. I think you're probably just looking at quiet plays. If not, you're probably going to pivot to Harden or to George. I think Zubak rebounds is worth a look, but I'm worried about the minutes. Yeah. So I think I might pass on him there. I feel like a lot of people are going to like a Kunku in this game because of the trickle down with Capella mm-hmm. being out. I'm so concerned about foul trouble for a Kunku in this game. Like I, I'm yeah. just I'm a bit concerned that with him playing that many minutes and with how often the Clippers are willing to uh, cause switches in isolation, that he's going to end up in foul trouble in this game. I think I'm going to go with Bogdanovich threes in this game. Okay. I do like his matchup. Uh, they're going to have to, once again, try to outscore the Clippers. DeJounte has been fine, but I do think that Bogdan's in a good spot here for a big game. So I'll take Bogdan threes. Um, I think I want to pivot to like Jalen Johnson rebounds in this game instead yeah, of a Konkwu. Um, Jalen Johnson has been absolutely fantastic. I don't think he's getting talked about enough for this Atlanta Hawks team. Um, just the last game, he had a near triple double against the Golden State Warriors. 21 points, 13 rebounds, 8 assists. He's had double digit uh, rebounds in three of the last four games for the Atlanta Hawks. So I think that, you know, without Capella, like we talked about, that I think that he'll be getting a lot of minutes. He's been playing a lot of minutes as well. He's averaging 39 minutes per game over the last five games. Um, he's played, he played 43 that game against the, um, the Warriors. That game did go to overtime. Um, but again, like you mentioned, Atlanta talks have been playing out well. They won four straight games. Um, so I do like Jalen Johnson over nine and a half rebounds. If you want to go that the points and rebounds for him, I don't hate that angle uh, as well, but he's been playing really, really good basketball. You mentioned the Trey assist. I think that yeah, that's a great look as well. If you want to take points and rebounds, uh, points and assist over for Trey Young, that's a good look here as well. Harden uh, assist as well. I think that, um, yeah. you know, he should maybe for like a same game parlay of, Trey Young and Harden, 11 or 12 plus assists. I think that might be a good look here tonight uh, for this game between the Hawks and the Clippers. Anything else? No, that's basically it. All right. Last game of the night. We have the Toronto Raptors. They are in New Orleans here tonight to take on the Pelicans. Currently, as it stands, the New Orleans Pelicans are 11 and a half point home favorites here with a total of 230. Uh, in this game, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the New Orleans Pelicans, Herb Jones is questionable. Larry Nance Jr. is questionable and Zion is also questionable for this game here as well. Toronto uh, is on a back to back situation here. They do get that extra time to submit that injury report. They are coming off of a double overtime loss against the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, yesterday. So they will be traveling after a double overtime game against the Oklahoma City Thunder to New Orleans. Um, 11 and a half is a number right now, Scott. Uh, which way are you leaning for this game? So I know it's a very bad spot based on the double overtime and the fact Toronto is not very good and there's travel involved, but I can't lay 11 and a half here with New Orleans. I just can't do it. Uh, with Zion being questionable with the injury news and with the... Just the lack of trust that I have with this team. New Orleans could kill this team. It wouldn't shock me, but I can't do it. I'm going to lean to the points here. I just think 11 and a half is too big. I think Toronto can score enough to keep the game close. 11 and a half just feels wild to me. I'm going to take the points here. Uh, yeah, I think that if you want to play the Pelicans here, it probably would be. Yeah, team total or like the second half or maybe like the dead legs kind of catch up uh, to the uh, 
Toronto Raptors in this game after coming out after that double overtime game. Um, and again, I'm not sure if who's going to be playing in this game either for the um, Toronto Raptors because we did see Emmanuel quickly, who was listed as questionable. He got upgraded to probable yesterday. And you just take a look at the amount of minutes that the the starters played yesterday for the Toronto Raptors. I'll try to pull that up here, coming off of that double overtime game here. Um, so yesterday they had, let's see, Scotty Barnes, who played 48 minutes. R.J. Barrett played 43. Emmanuel quickly played 43. Gary Trent Jr. played 40. Dennis Schroeder had 36 minutes, and Jakob Hurdle played 33 minutes uh, yesterday as well. So heavy, heavy minutes uh, logged yesterday by the starters here for this uh, Toronto Raptors team. So I think they could possibly keep it close in the first half, and then maybe at that point where the tired legs do catch up for the uh, for the Raptors, the Pelicans are able to pull away. But Pelicans have been that team that have been great in the first half. So, I mean, like you mentioned, I, I can't trust them full game either. I'm going to wait for a live uh, number here. I'm going to see how this game starts, how Toronto comes out of the gate. That if they're able to keep it close in the first half, then I'll probably come back on the Pelicans in the second half, just expecting the Raptors to be tired in this game. Um, total 230, Scott. Anything there? I think I'm going to lean to the over in this game, just hoping that Toronto is able to score enough to keep this game close. But I do think that Toronto, if they can hit their outside shots, I think can cause some defensive problems for the Pelicans in this game. The issue that you have with Toronto's defense is the fact that I think New Orleans is just a lot bigger than this team. Now, Zion might not play, so we'll see if that's going to be the case. But I know that the... Pelicans had a hard time beating the Spurs. Probably should have lost that game a couple days ago. They should dominate on the boards. I think Toronto can stretch the defense out, though, from the three-point line. So I am going to lean to the over, just hoping that both teams kind of excel in their own areas. But it could go either way. I just think that this total for Toronto, worst-case scenario, is so bad defensively that the Pelicans might score 120. Maybe I'm dead wrong, and New Orleans scores a bunch of points. But I'm going to lean over in this one. Yeah, I think uh, Pelicans team total. And I think the key, like you mentioned, is that they should have success on the boards here tonight. Um, even without Zion in this game, if he doesn't play, you still have Valanciunas. You still have uh, Brandon Ingram who can rebound the basketball as well. You have guys coming off the bench that can rebound as well for this Pelicans team. So they should have success on the boards here tonight. Really limit the second chance opportunities uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Um, so I'll lean Pelicans uh, team total over. Uh, in this game here, just the Raptors defense just has not been very good at all, especially again, like we mentioned, since the trade for um, RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly on this team here. So uh, Pelicans team total over as far as the total in this game. Player props here, Scott, what are you looking at? I like Valanciunas rebounds. I like his double double in this game. The fact that Zion's questionable and the fact that Larry Nance is questionable means you might actually get more minutes for Valanciunas. Mm-hmm. So I do like the spot for him. And I think that he's going to capitalize on it. So I like Valanciunas double-double. I think it's around minus 125, I think, minus 120. Uh, Looking at his matchups against Toronto in the past, he has done well against his former team. He has had a double-double in each of the last uh, couple of meetings. Let me just quickly pull that up. But the point is, I do think that Toronto is not a a great rebounding team. And I think you're looking at a spot where Valanciunas can capitalize on some teammates being injured and maybe out. Uh, where he might end up getting a little bit of a bump in minutes. So I, I do like the Valanciunas rebounds over. He played 33 minutes against Houston, for example. In that game, Zion did not play. Uh, but to go through the last couple of games for Valanciunas, 
Uh, he had nine rebounds against the Spurs, 14 against the Rockets, seven against Boston, only played 20 minutes there. Uh, had 10 against Milwaukee, nine against Oklahoma City, 12 against Utah, 11 against Phoenix. So I do think he can be in a line for maybe 27 minutes in this game, give or take. And usually his biggest issue with getting double-doubles is playing in the low 20s for minutes. So with the added boost in playing time, I do think you're looking at him having a good game. Give me Valanciunas double-double at minus 120. He's played in seven career games against the Toronto Raptors. He's averaging 15.9 points, 14.6 rebounds in those seven games. He's been in double-digit rebounds in six of the seven games against the Raptors in his career. The only game he did fall one rebound short uh, of getting double-digit rebounds. So I think this might be a pretty good ladder opportunity uh, if you want to take the rebounds uh, for Valanchunas. Um you know, as a ladder opportunity here for tonight. Again, no, with the blowout possibility uh, that he may not play a lot of minutes like Scott mentioned, but I do definitely do think that he can get at least 11 rebounds here tonight against the, uh, against the Toronto Raptors. And who knows, he might just have nine or 10 by the half uh, Valanchunas in this game. So uh, yeah, I definitely love that here for uh, Valanchunas here tonight as well. Any other player props? Uh, no, not really. Uh, it's tough to really guess what Toronto's going to do. I would lean to Scotty Barnes unders because he's just been really underwhelming ever since quickly and Barrett got there. Yeah. Uh, but that's basically it. I don't really have much. They were kind of hoping uh, Bar- what uh, they're kind of hoping Barnes to take a leap, and he just hasn't done that. So I'm going to lean to his unders. Uh, all right. Uh, that was the last game for the Monday card here, Scott. Uh, let's get into our lock and dog, and then we'll put together our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Um, you want to lead us off with your lock and dog? Sure. Uh, so for my lock, I mentioned go with two player props in this one. Uh, my lock is going to be on Mobley, the over 22 and a half PRA. I just think you're looking at a spot where Mobley should capitalize on either Jared Allen not playing or the fact that the total's been bet up and Sacramento is not exactly a good defensive team. Mobley had a great game against the Spurs over the weekend. I think he's in line for another good game here, uh, but he can get the rebounds if his minutes go up. The reason why the line is so short is because of the playing time and how he just came back from injury. But his minutes have been going up slowly game by game. So I do think it's a decent buy-low spot on a player whose minutes are uh, once again increasing. He had a great game last time out, but Mobley, 22.5 PRA just feels like a bit too low for a number. For a good matchup, in my opinion. Give me the over on him. And for the dog, I am going to go with Valanchunas over 11.5 rebounds at plus 135. You mentioned his numbers against Toronto. I mentioned his numbers in general, rebounding, and you might see Zion and Nance Jr. both not playing. Give me a boost in playing time for Valanchunas against his former team. And I do think rebounds, maybe a ladder is worth consideration. But give me the 11.5 rebounds, the over at plus 135 as my dog. All right. Um, all right. For my lock, um, I think it's just going to be the over in that Dallas Mavericks in the Philly game. 242.5 right now is the number. Seems like Luka is going to be playing in this game. We did participate in shoot round. We know Kyrie is officially in here tonight as well. But I talked about how bad uh, these two teams have been defensively over the last five games. The two worst teams, Dallas the worst, Philly's the second worst. Um, I do expect the pace to be up for the Sixers a little bit as well. Like I mentioned, Dallas has been in top 10 in pace over the last uh, 10 games. Uh, sorry, over the last five games as well at number eight. 
They've been good offensively. Their number nine is Dallas. I think Philly should bounce back here tonight as well. I think the role players will rise to the occasion. So I do like the over in this game for Philly and the Mavericks over 242 and a half. Um, for my dog, a um, couple ways we can go here. Um, I think I like that same game parlay I mentioned for the assist. Uh, for Harden and Trey, Harden and Trey in this game. Um, let me see what that comes out to here. So, uh, let's go assist. Uh, Trey Young over nine and a half assists. James Harden, where is Harden over nine and a half assists? So both players to record ten assists. Um, each comes out to plus two forty two. All right, I like that. Yeah, uh, Trey Young over nine and a half assists, and then James Harden over nine and a half assists. That gives you the plus two forty two here tonight. That's my dog pick. Um, all right, Scott, let's get into our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Um, again, go to underdogfantasy.com, make sure that promo code S uh NBA SGPN. And uh Scott, it's it's a little embarrassing that we had a little contest we were running across the network, and we had a big goose egg as far as new customers signing up or at least fans of the show using our promo code nba sgpn so you know i'm a little ticked about it um i'll, I'll leave it at that hopefully we our fans respond to us and they're able to sign up uh with underdog fantasy and you know we've been cashing some entries uh, along with underdog fantasy so um you know for us to be one of the more popular pods on the network and not to get any signups from underdog fantasy from our fans it's uh not sitting right with me so Hopefully they can help us out before we just absolutely stop doing these uh, underdog fantasy entries here. So again, don't have an account with underdog fantasy. Make sure you go to their underdogfantasy.com. Just use that promo code NBA SGPN. Help us out. Help us grow the show. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get on the leaderboard uh, for the contest that we are running on the network here. All right, Scott, where do you want to start here for our entry? Well, you mentioned Harden assists. Out of curiosity, what's that line at? Harden assists on underdog fantasy is at nine and a half. Sure, we'll take that. Uh, if we okay. think the Clippers are going to score potentially 130, then we got to take the assist with somebody. So I'll go with the over. Or I'll go with the higher on that one. Um, okay. I mentioned Valanciunas rebounds. I don't know if you want to run that back. I like ten. And yeah, a half. I like that. Yeah, it's okay. at ten and a half on Erdog Fantasy, so we'll go higher on that ten and a half. Um, and then let's get uh, one more in here to round out the. You want to go like LeBron, or do you think that turns into a? I'm worried about the a blood blowout. So yeah, that's kind of the concern there. You want Maxi at 29 and a half? Oh yeah, that was the other one. Uh, let's go Maxi. Yeah, we'll go 29 and a half higher on that. Or do you like six and a half points in the first quarter for him? No, we'll just go. Ahead. We'll just go full, full game. game. I don't. I don't like right. guessing the points in the quarters. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Pretty simple entry here for tonight. I like this. So we'll go James Harden, higher nine and a half assists. Jonas Valanciunas, higher 10 and a half rebounds. And Tyrese Maxey, higher 29 and a half points. That $20 entry will get you a return of $120 courtesy over on Underdog Fantasy. Again, make sure you use that promo code NBA SGPN. They also have a Super Bowl, um, you know, projections up as well. So, 
uh, some of the fun ones as well. So go over there on Underdog Fantasy, check them out. Uh, I think we may be doing like a crossover episode this week uh, for you know Underdog Fantasy and some NBA uh, head-to-heads that we also do have uh, on the sports book as well. But again, Underdog Fantasy, go ahead and check them out, underdogfantasy.com. Make sure you use that promo code NBASGPN. We'll get a first deposit bonus of up to $100. All right, Scott, that's going to do it, man, for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. And anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. Uh, th- uh, didn't expect to be on the show today, but here I am. I'll be back again tomorrow. Yeah, uh, again, uh, new week of NBA, so hopefully we found some winners here tonight to put in your pockets. Hopefully we can get this uh, Monday started off on a profitable angle. I think we're like 20-some-odd subscribers away from getting to 2,000 on our YouTube uh, channel here. Uh, So if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, uh, we're actually 17 away uh, from 2,000. So if you guys can do us a favor, just hit that subscribe button for us if you haven't already. Uh, We're trying to get to 2,000 as soon as we can. So definitely cannot do it without love and support of our fans here so again hit that subscribe button if you haven't already left us a rating and review for the podcast as well uh go ahead and do that if you guys can either it's on spotify or whether it's on apple Podcasts, wherever you do get your um audio version of the podcast uh all right we'll be back tomorrow for the nba gaming podcast same time same place till then good luck with your bets let's break these books off and let it ride